Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Nothing Too Serious is here. And today, Overtime Tom is here. But once again, more importantly, and we love him to death, Vic Blends is in the building. Vic Blends, what's going on, baby? That was good, fam. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Of course, of course. Where are you, uh, where are you at right now? Fill everybody in. So I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, man. That's, uh, that's my home away from home right now. So I'm in the A. I got you. I got you. What's, uh, what's life been like lately? What have you been up to? And uh, things I'm sure have gotten busier over the past few years, I'd assume. Yeah, things have been blessed lately, man. I've been really, really big on impact for the last year or so. Uh, we've been able to launch the first ever barber school in California State Prisons, trying to get prisoners a license while they're incarcerated. Uh, setting up my annual give back for my hometown on December 23rd in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, building the brand, man, trying to elevate the voice. And the whole goal is to inspire as many people as possible. So just been working on creating content that really moves people. So that's been the focus, you know, all this past year, and it's been it's been changing my life and a lot of others around us. Yeah, let's I think uh, let's let's dig into that the prison, uh, the the barber school that you just opened, and uh, you said California State Prison. Yeah, uh, and, and it's gonna start a four four pilot program, so it'll be in four different prisons in California. There's 33 total in Cali. Uh, okay. We're gonna start in four. We're gonna pilot them. We're gonna prove success, and then we'll copy and paste throughout hopefully all of California and the rest of the the, the, the nation. Is that the first? Uh, is that the first of its kind? Like, is this something that there's a lot of different programs, uh, you know, different prison programs? But is this the first barber program, or is this kind of something that you, you know, bounced off of? Yeah. So they have barber programs in other states. They okay. don't. Have, they have never had a barber program for California. They have a cosmetology program. Cosmetology and barbering are two separate fields, similar worlds, a little bit different. And the only reason, you know, of course, prisoners can never get their licenses while they've been incarcerated in Cali was because of the straight razor. So that was a big hurdle that we had to get over was, you know, straight razor is, a, is an exposed blade, single blade that barbers use to do shades. They use to do lineups and detail their work. You know, of course, for safety reasons, state never wanted to give them an opportunity to get that license because, you know, they're going to have an open blade in, in, inside of a prison. So we had to come up with a hurdle for that. We had to have a couple of meetings with the board, had to work with the governor's team and give them a solution for why they could get past this and why they deserve to be licensed and we're able to get through it. How did how did you how did they fix that problem? I, I would assume that's got to be the biggest concern right off the bat. Like what did they is it just some convincing and you know supervision with it or how, is there a new product or what is it? I mean there's a lot of solutions to it you know and in a straight razor shave there's a lot of ways for you to learn to use a straight razor a lot of ways for you to learn how to do a shave without having to use an actual blade. They can do mock shaves, which means they just use the blade with no no razor blade in it, and they learn how to do the movements because the board necessarily just wants you to learn the uh, the steps to shaving without you know using a blade. They want you to know the system, so as long as they can learn that, um, they can get safety blades. They have to get safety razors inside to shave with already. Uh, right. We've given them solutions to use safety razors. We've given them solutions to use uh, electric tools, and uh, and even if they wanted to use a straight blade for the last step you know maybe they do it on a on, on, on a on a on a model that isn't real you know maybe we do it on a mannequin head and we do it in some way that you know they don't have to physically do the shape to get the license so yeah we're, we're, we got tons of solutions for them cool why is um obviously you do a lot of great things like in the community and helping people out but why, why did you want to go to the prison route right like you, you could have done something for college kids for younger people like whatever it was like what what made this like your passion project to want to dive in with, with prison specifically yeah, so I got to give a big shout out to my brother Scott Budnick, uh, which is my main partner. And the reason why I'm able to really tap into this to this world is 
um, you know, he hit me up and uh, he was, he's a movie producer. He's produced a lot of the biggest movies in the world, The Hangover, Project X, Just Mercy. Like he's done it all. And, you know, for him, it's a similar story, you know, through doing that stuff and it's something cool to look at, funny doing these comedies. You know, he was really missing impact in his life. And when he started working in prison reform, it really changed his life and it opened up to seeing, you know, the people that have been counting it out, that have been counted out. You know, when, when people get locked up and forgotten, you know, they're, they're, they're basically looked at like they're not humans anymore. And it's a very underdog thing for them to be there and battle for, you know, just to be free. And uh, honestly, bro, I just got a lot of empathy. You know, I don't have an immediate thing saying like, you know, my pops has been locked up or all oh, my brother's locked up. That's why I want to get in there. Um, I just have empathy for other humans. And for me to have access to create change like that, I would be selfish not to take it. Right. If I have an opportunity to have the network to say, yo, I can go in there, and put a prison system in there. I can go in there at schools. I can go in there and, and change generations to come and give them something to come out and support their families and communities. If I sat back and said, I will, you know, I'd rather go talk to the college campus and I deny that opportunity to create change. To me, that's a selfish way of living. Uh, so I have empathy to see that, you know, these guys are more than just people with numbers and people with jumpsuits. You know, the real humans that need love and deserve an opportunity. Everybody deserves that. So, you know, after we went in there, you know, I saw the change. I, I was able to share some really deep, really deep experiences while we were in there and um, changed my life. You know, um, I just got empathy for humans, man. And, you know, if I got a network, I'm, I'm here to take that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned the fact that you don't have, like, the immediate story of, you know, like you said, pops or brother or somebody, you know, is incarcerated. But I feel like, and you kind of touched on it, that makes it even more special for you to, to, to seek that out, right. To, to understand and have the empathy that you do. Is there like a story? Cause you, I'm assuming you've spent quite a bit of time in California state prisons, right. Just around the, you know, guys that you're going to be helping here shortly. What, like, is there like one little, you know, anecdote or story that's like kind of hit home to you? Like, man, like this is, I, this is more important than anything I've ever done. I've cut rappers. I've done all this awesome, cool stuff and made all this, you know, all these things happen, but was there like one thing or, or story that you have from, from this early stuff in the prison system that, that kind of hits home? Yeah. I mean, speaking to the juveniles, bro, speaking to the kids that are my age, younger than me, you know, 18, 17, 16, 15 in there that are facing life charges that are faced that, that might not have not ever seen another day again. Like those kids is what really changes a lot for you because I'm the same. I'm only 22. So to be in there and see another 22 year old, that's never going to see, you know, freedom again. I'm like, damn, you know, who is who is there when you was going through your shit to try to show you the right way to live? You know, like who 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 did you have to look up to? You know, we don't really got that for this generation. No. You know, there's a million influencers out there. And more importantly, you know, I think they would rather care about, you know, getting more likes on TikTok or running up more sales for their merch than than to really make a change. Like I got the access, bro, to talk to millions of kids. I got you know, we got access to that, you know, over time too, everybody here. So if all I did was use my platform for selfish reasons and I use it to tell kids to pop pills and do drugs, like, I ain't gonna be remembered. There'll be another five barber to come up. There'll be another five basketball player to pop up. But if my opportunity is now and I got a voice that people wanna listen to, I'm gonna use it to, to, to create change. I wanna be remembered, you know? The only people that go down in, in history books are people that change the world, right? Ain't no hot, ain't, you, you, you read history book, you don't see the hottest artists of 17, uh, 1700s in there, Dang, the most, you know, that don't, that don't happen. The only people that are in books like that, that get remembered that, that people talk about for years to come are people that brought real change. And I want to be that for this generation because we don't got that. 
And uh, I'm doing it in a very unconventional way. Of course, I'm a barber by craft. You know, I put quotations on it because I think, you know, we weigh more than that. But for me to be a barber and to take a traditional route like that and to show kids like, yo, you don't have to lessen your integrity. You don't have to be somebody you, you, you're not. You could still make it just following what you love authentically. Like I'm a barber, bro. And, and I was able to create all this and do this big, do these big things and, and, and many more to come. That's all I want to show other kids is that, you know, whatever it is you love to do, you could be the most famous plumber in the world and inspire a million other people to follow their passion, regardless of how other people look at it. So that's like a big message for my branch to stand for. That's amazing. It, I think like Jordan and I, the reason why we wanted to bring you on is whisper all those reasons. Like we knew that you were motivational and like, with athletes and everything like the barber, like the haircut stuff is always really important too. And you've been able to blend that world, but let's, let's take it back to like who you are really. Right. Cause like, we know who you are and you have millions of followers, but for the people who don't know, like kind of how long you've been doing this kind of how you came up, obviously like you're an incredible barber and you talk to people and you get to hear their stories, but, but give us like your background. Like how did you get started into this? Um, like how old were you? And then like the following and stuff, I know you said over the last year, but like, w- what's your story been like kind of from day one? Yeah. So to give it like, you know, even a fresh start, like my name is Victor Fontanez. I'm 22 years old now and I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know, I picked up barbering my senior year of high school because I thought my next step was college. Like a lot of kids our age are, are going through the next step of their life. You know, we're graduating. We're thinking college is the way to go or I'm going to go to the military and being from Fayetteville, it's not really a pathway for success is not really a lot of network for that. So the next step is either you got to go to college or you got to go to the military. And I didn't want to do either of those things. You know, my pops is military. My brother's military. I just wanted to create my own lane. Um, I wasn't into school, didn't get accepted to good, you know, good colleges. I was really going to settle for what would be average for me. And um, I, I wanted to figure a way to make money. Like I was all, I'm always a hustling. I was always trying to make my own bread. I feel like, you know, my, my, my role as a man is to provide for my people and, I wanted to make my own money. So I started working in a restaurant around 15 and coming into senior year, I've been like, yo, I was doing this for way too long. I'm going to do something else when I go to college. I'm getting out this restaurant. So I asked my barber, G, in Barber Kings and Hope Mills, he was, I had asked him, I said, yo, what do you think I should do to make money in college? Because my parents want me to go, school want me to go. That's what I think I have to do. And he said, if I learn how to cut hair, I can make money for the rest of my life. So when I heard money, and the rest of my life in the same sentence, like, I was like, oh, like, let me see what I can make. Let me see, like, what I could do here to make this money. Let's see how much I can make. It was all, that was the only focus for me in the beginning. But as I started doing it, you know, of course I made money, but I grew a passion for it. And I realized that I love the people in my chair. I love the job of my community more than anything. And the role of the barber is way bigger than the haircut. You know, that's where culture starts is the barbershop. Everything that happens in sports, everything that happens in hip hop, everything that happens in fashion starts in the barbershop when you go to the barbershop like this you hear about everything that's the first place that word gets out to so it's a big part of culture it's a big part of who we are it's it's the way that we express ourselves it's the way a lot of us grew up and learn how to become who we are as 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 grown-ups so it's a a bigger role as as a barber that I see for why I really grew a passion for it but more than anything it led me to my purpose and I think those are two completely different things right passion we all love one thing but purpose is why we really here on this earth so me just having a passion for barbering and people and you know want to make other people feel good and look at themselves a different way led to me realizing that god want me to be here to inspire people and that's why i look at it now as a bigger picture of yo i'm not just here to cut fire rappers i'm not just here to cut nba players like i'm here to show other people what's possible by following your dream so 
from Fayetteville, going to barber school after I graduated high school, getting my license. Uh, I worked in Fayetteville for, for another year. And, you know, I, I realized that I'm the right seed uh, with, with the right with the right soil, but I don't have enough sunlight and water to really grow into who I want to be. You know, I'm stuck in my brother's garage. Uh, I'm cutting in the ville. Like, nobody can see me, right? And I can't get the network of the opportunity I need. So I decided to come to Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where I got sunlight and water I needed for my plant to grow. That's where I got to be around, you know, other people of, of high levels of success. I got to see how they move. I got to see how they network. I got to see real from fake. And I got to really navigate and find out what it is that I need to be who I am. And it's been the biggest change in my life. So I've been in Atlanta for the last two years. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been building my social media across the last couple of, you know, I would say like three years, but um, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a, it's an overnight thing for me. There wasn't one video that popped off for me. There wasn't like one artist or rapper I cut that changed my life. Like it's a, it's a consistency of posting as many times as I can a day, putting a breakdown so I got a wall up. That's a, that's really, really important. And, and I want to talk to that. I don't want to forget the restaurant because I want to go back and ask you what your whole role was there, because I think there's got to be something. But what you just said is really important. I think there's a lot, a lot of kids that need to hear this. Two things about you that, that stick out to me. And you tell me if I'm wrong at either one. You don't, or at least not now. And I think everybody at some point in their life, especially if they have goals to make a quote unquote impact or do well for themselves, starts by focusing on the wrong stuff, right? How many followers do I have? How much money am I making, right? I, I assume you would say it's not that, it's what impact do you have on the others around you? You talk about community a lot, right? And I think that's important, uh, but is that, when did that shift for you? Like when was the, you know what I'm saying? Cause you said you started out where it was more about, you know, making the money, the rest of the life and all that stuff. Where did that shift happen? And you really turned into who Vic Blends is now. Yeah, you know, I tripped myself up about that, like, back in, the, like, you know, a couple of years ago. I used to think that I used to be so focused on getting to the millions, getting to the money, getting to the followers. Like, I'm like, man, that's when I'm going to create change. Like, when I got a million followers, that's, you know, when I got a million dollars, when I'm be able to do what I want to do. And that really kept me away from being appreciative of my own journey. Like, because I was so focused on me thinking I needed to be at a certain point or I need to have a certain amount of followers, a certain amount of money in the bank that kept me from being grateful because I always thought like, I, I, I ain't there yet. I ain't worked hard enough. So until I started to take a step back and realize that impact doesn't need a million people, you know, change or inspiration doesn't need a million follow uh, a million dollars. Uh, and I realized that it just starts with the, with, with your neighbors. It starts with your family. It starts with, you know, the people you have around you. And if you're serious about impact or you're serious about change, you know, you would, you would think the same, you know, I don't care if, it takes one person for me to talk to, or if it takes the million, like as long as I'm going to affect and change somebody's life, I hope that, you know, hopefully 10 kids, you know, hopefully look at what I'm doing and, and, and create a ripple effect of other change in their communities and, you know, inspiring the world as well. Like I don't need a million to make it happen, but I'm grateful that I have that and it's something God's given me because he wants it to be heard at a higher level, but you don't need that, man. Like you're powerful just having, to be able to talk to your neighbors, right? You're powerful just being able to inspire your friends or your brother or your sister, right? Somebody's looking up to you. And a lot of people think that, you know, if I don't have that, I, I'm not doing it at a major level. And, that, and that's so so wrong. You know, I don't want nobody to feel like if I ain't got a million followers, I ain't with Vic at. Like, man, fuck them followers, right? If, if, if there's somebody in your neighborhood looking up to you right now, you don't even know it. There's somebody that's waiting for you know, Jordan's dream to come a, a reality so that it's to start, right? You got a little brother, a nephew, or somebody, right? Like, 
you got people that's depending on you. So to me, focusing on that allowed everything else to fall in, right? Once I stopped thinking about the numbers, the numbers came, right? You know, I used right. to be so, well, I used to be so worried about the blue check. Like that used to be, I used to, I used to trip about it. Like, man, when am I gonna get verified? When am I gonna get verified? And I had a mentor that said like, yo, would you rather be validated by man or validated by God? And right. I'm like, fuck man, like you're right. You know, like why, why I'm sitting here stressing about these, like little shit like that, like numbers on the screen. I rather want God, I want God to approve of things that I'm moving and doing. So, you know, I, I once you stop focusing on it, man, the shit will come, man. It's just, it's just part of what you're going to do. That's such an empty chase, isn't it, too? I mean, I, I, I feel, I, I worry, to be honest, about kids coming up right now, especially like, and I say kids coming up like I'm an old head or we're old heads. We're not old heads. But these kids who get it from day one and see all these like millions of followers and these influencers and all this stuff. Like it's such an empty chase. Like when you're chasing after a blue check or like a million, you know, subs or followers, all that stuff. I don't know. It just it doesn't have any substance, and that's what that's what it, it don't it don't fulfill you. You know, you think no. it's gonna fill you. I think you know. I used to think like, bro, when I hit a million dollars, I'm gonna be set for the rest of my life. And and, and God will laugh for that. He say like, yo, you think that you think those numbers and and these things are gonna like fulfill what you're supposed to be here for? He'll give it to you, right? You you get that shit easy and realize, damn. The most important things on life are the things that I can't touch. And that's why yeah. I love what I do now because that fulfills me, right? Like working in prison reform, uh, giving back to my community, inspiring my little brother. Like those are the things that, I, that, that I'm going to live, you know, having no regrets about. The, the thing that, that is like special, I think everyone could take something from that. But I think the, you know, what I noticed about you is watching your videos and like hearing the conversations you have with the people who you're, you're cutting for, whether it's a stranger, whether it's a celebrity. And I know we want to dive into all the, all those different people you've been able to work with. When, when did that start? When did the like conversation, like, was that a day one thing? Like the first cuts you were giving, you were having like these amazing conversations and you're like, we should film it. Or like, when, when did you start asking those questions where people like really opened up to you and you opened up to them also? Was that, was that always the plan when you were giving cuts? I, I've always been that type of person. Um, I just, Honestly, I didn't think nobody would want to see that shit. You know, I, I used to think if it wasn't a celebrity, nobody gonna want to pay attention. I used to be like, yo, if, it, if I ain't flying on the jet to do something crazy, like nobody wants to see that. And I get it, like, it's not the most, you know, eye candy type of thing to look at when when I make these videos. It's not the coolest thing to look at. It's not a celebrity, it ain't an athlete, it ain't the hottest thing out there, but what it is is real. And I think real recognized real. And I'm grateful that I stood on that because I believed in it and I believed in the impact that it would have. Um, and, and I have no interest in posting any more celebrities, you know, you know, for to or, or, or posting any athlete. Like, I'm not interested in being known as a celebrity barber. And I learned very quickly that, again, there's going to be another one of those that come up that will make me different. Like, what makes me different is, you know, who I really am as a person. And I would rather hone that put that out towards my brand so I could be remembered for those things. Like my, my legacy can't be standing next to a, the hardest artist in the, in, in the world. Right. It has to be, you know, what did I do while I was here with my time? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just never thought that they would love it. And then once I started doing it, so, you know, I'm just grateful that people started to, to, to attract to it, man. Yeah. There's a, there's a realness to that. And I think, you know, if there are people out there, everybody has a passion, like everybody has something that can impact. That's what other people need to understand too is like they, they approach it. And some people that's not their goal is to, you know, do the things that you do, right? But for those that do have that goal, it's like people want to see the real Vic. Like they want to they really, you know, feel that. And that's what the videos that you put out do. 
And I wanted to talk to you about the other thing you had said that separated you is your consistency, right? I think that's a big thing. Everybody uh, thinks it's this overnight thing, right? It's not overnight. It probably took you, what, five, 10 plus years of, of consistent work at some level. Like what did, what did, the, what did the come up look like in terms of, uh, let's just talk social media stuff right now. How long have you been posting these type of videos? How did they evolve? Like, where did they start at? I think that's always cool to kind of look back in retrospect. Yeah, for me, it started as, you know, being a barber, trying to gain uh, attraction as a barber, trying to put my work out there. At first, I wanted to be known for the most fire barber. Then I want to be known as the most celebrity barber. Then I'm like, damn, this shit really ain't that cool. Like, I want I want to <laughs> want to be something real. I've always been that. So, um, you know, like social media, you know, just speaking to the creator aspect of it, like it, 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 I, I'm more grateful that it didn't pop off overnight. Right. It, it would have been easier right. for me, but. Like, bro, I'm so glad that I had to grind in my garage. I had to eat shit for a couple of years. I had to post videos with no views, no comments. I had to go live where it was me and three other people in there. Like, it was a group FaceTime. Like, I got it. I'm so grateful that that's the route that happened for me. Uh, because if I would have posted my first video and went viral overnight, like, how would I know how to appreciate the things that I got coming later? Like, I, I, I got to appreciate the downs more than anything, you know, because it, it makes me grateful for everything else coming. Right now, when, when blessings walk in my life and good opportunities come, I, I like, you know, I, I, don't know, I feel it like right. that because I'm like, fuck, I remember what that garage feels like when nobody fucking saw me. Like, I still could feel the hotness of the garage. I could still feel the dimness of, of, of the lighting in there. I know what it felt like to be on live when nobody watching. So now when, when, when things are happening in my life, I'm like, you know, I'm on overtime podcast right now. That's the dream come true. Like, like, bro, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, things like that, little things like this, it make me so grateful for it. And, you know, I, you got to go through that. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I, I would have, if, if God could give me a redo and say, Vic, I make your first video viral, I say, no, thank you. Like, right. thank, you know, thank you for the struggle, for real. The adversity is what makes you who you are. I think at the end of the day, I mean, like you're saying, right? Am I right? I mean, without that, I mean, who knows? You probably changed completely as a person. We're probably not sitting here right now because you're probably like, you know, I need 150K to come on anything. I'm this and that because it happened overnight. And you don't know how to act because, but that's not you because of that adversity. I think so many kids assume that you didn't go through it. They assume that, you know, I, I, I'm close with them. So like Tyler Hero, he didn't go through it. Like uh, he just, it was easy from the start. No, the dude was in the gym every single day without anybody in there, rebounding for himself. The gun broke on him, all this a lot of guys have that story, but it doesn't get published, like publicized enough. And I think your videos show the truth in that. And I just think that's dope as hell. I don't know. I don't have a question. No, it's, it's, that's that. our, I appreciate it that. Cool. It's our responsibility to tell that because if we don't do it, nobody else will. If we don't tell our stories the way that we want to, they'll be lost in time. Storytelling right. is one of the oldest traditions on earth, right? We've been doing that shit for the history of that earth's been here, storytelling. And, and we got to keep doing that. We got to keep telling our story. So if I don't do it, it'll, it, you know, that's what they'll see is they'll see, oh, Vic up there with so-and-so. Oh, you know, he got X amount of followers. You know, shit was easy. Like, you got to keep reminding people, you know, what you got to go through. And it also allowed me to create a blueprint. Like, now I'm blessed to say I know what it feels like to be in that position. I know how to get through it. And now I know what to advise other young people or, you know, older people, whoever wants to go through the same type of journey. I know what to tell them, you know, and, and how I can relate to it. So it gives me something to talk about. You're damn good at it too. When we talk about storytelling, I just throw that out. Like you, like, like in terms of how you speak, like you're so articulate, your thoughts are bland out and you're you. Like there's no bullshit, which I, I love. And that, that's the truth. 
Like you yeah. gotta, you gotta tell your like you should right. know the best story of Jordan than anybody. Like it's you. Right. So I know everything I had to go through. So that was that's why it's so easy for me to speak the way I do is because everything is just authentic. I stopped yeah. trying to be somebody I wasn't. I stopped trying to make shit over exaggerated in the world. Like I'm like man. Let me only, you know, JD Kids got the song. I can only speak on the things that I've been through. And when you do that and you only speak yeah. on the shit that you go through, like, it's going to be hella easy to tell your story because it's real. If I had a fake, like, my, my come up where I had to exaggerate shit to try to be accepted more, it would be so hard to keep that up forever. Like, I'm more grateful that I chose to be the best Victor Fontaine every day and it paid off because every day I wake up and it's just, yo, be yourself. And I want, I hope every other kid that watches this or any other creator, I hope they see this and they're like, damn, let me just be me, right? Everybody yeah. else taking, let me just be the best me. Speaking of storytelling, let's let's go into the best, the worst, and the funniest, all right? In terms of the videos that you, that, that a lot of people know you right now from the TikTok stuff, I know you've done so much other stuff and we'll get into it. The best, uh, you know, experience you've had with a chair just when you're walking out in public, the worst experience you've had and the funniest moment that that has happened are there three things that stand out to you there yeah i mean is of course you know like i would say the best thing i've ever been able to do with my craft was of course my christmas give back from my hometown that's by far the best better than any celebrity i could work with but any any athlete or better than any viral video me being able to come back to my hometown give back to them for christmas and being able to come back a second year now to do it that's the by far the best thing i've ever done can you um, explain that a little more what were you able to do there yeah, so we, we come back December 23rd is going to be the second one this year, same date as last year. I was able to come back and provide like 300 free haircuts. We had barbers come in. Barbers came through the support. They drove in from different states. They came in from New York. They came in from Texas. A lot of people came out to support and give free haircuts back to my community. Uh, I was able to go to, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in a good financial position to go to Walmart. Um, I, I bought thousands of toys. I bought uh, I think 600 meals. We had like 300 hot dogs, 300 hamburgers of uh, water, chips for the community and uh, a bunch of clothes. Like I was able to support and, and get free, you know, all these things away to my community for, for Christmas, uh, especially last year being the year of COVID. It's such a tough year for a lot of people. And for God to put me in the best position in my life last year, I felt like it was my responsibility to show other people like, you know, just a little light of, you know, what could happen for y'all. Y'all keep working it. So that was the first year it set it off. And then this year we coming back, you know, through hopefully, you know, three times as big. And, you know, we're doing it at a different venue and uh, got way more support. Got the city behind me this time. And, you know, I just hope to keep the ball rolling. You know, the, the main thing is just to inspire other young kids to see that, damn, you know, Vicka Barber, he doing big things. Like, I could do that too with what I love. Uh, so that's Christmas give back in a nutshell. Who is your, who's your favorite person that's ever sat down in that chair? I know you, I mean, I, I know all of them probably hold a special place. But who, if you had to pick one, like I made you pick one, who was your favorite one when you were just sitting out in public asking people, hey, you got time for a haircut real quick? Who was your favorite one? Man, yo, I can't even, honestly, I can't say who was the, my favorite one. Like, the, the, there's a lot that stick out to me, but every person is so unique to who they are that I can't say one is more important than the other or one meant more to me because I've taken a piece from everybody I've cut, you know, every stranger I've ran into you'll be so surprised at which, how you can relate to a stranger, right? Like, you going through something, this person going through something, y'all probably going through the same damn thing, but because y'all just don't feel like showing love, you're going to walk right past them in public. But for me to stop these people, like, I've realized how relatable they are and 
I think that's an important thing to show is that, you know, anybody could, 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 could feel what you're going through. You're not alone. And, um, you know, I think that's the thing with, 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 with just humans is that we don't really want to share things because we think, uh, you know, nobody cares and nobody can relate, but, you know, I, I ain't gotta be, you know, I, I ain't gotta be famous enough to, to try to get somebody to listen. Like, you know, these are average, you know, everyday working Americans, bro. And, and they've given me the most inspiring videos that I've ever seen in my life. Like that's something beautiful to watch. So I would rather more people look at, you know, the neighbors the same way as they do these celebrities. That's awesome. And j just keep it going with Jordan's question. Uh, is there one cut that stands out as being like a bad one? Like whether the cut was bad or is bad experience, like not, a, not the best time, I guess. Or, or maybe we do fun funniest because I think I know the kind of person Vic is. He ain't going to throw anybody like he was just yeah, a terrible yeah, yeah. person. Now, I'll give you a funny, I'll give you a funny story though, yo. So I was cutting, um, I was cutting an NBA player. Uh, this dude, um, I ain't, I don't want to let, now nah, I, I can put it out now. Okay. I was cutting a, what's the name? D'Angelo Russell, right? My boy, Evan Turner gave me the alley-oop. He like, yo, D-Lo want to cut in Atlanta. So I go and cut D-Lo and, um, I was driving from NC, so, like, when I woke up that morning, Evan hit me. He like, yo, D-Lo need to cut tonight. And I'm driving from North Carolina, so it's like a five-and-a-half-hour drive. So he like, yo, he need to cut by three. I'm leaving NC at, like, 8 a.m., so I'm like, yo, I'll make it there on time to be able to pull up on him as soon as I get there. And uh, when I woke up that morning, like, I felt my stomach was a, was hurting a little bit, right? Like, I felt, like, a, just a bit. Like, right when you wake up, I'm like, mm, something don't feel right. But I'm like, it's cool. I'm, I'm about to go cut D-Lo. I'm hyped, man. I'm like just getting to Atlanta. I was trying to build, trying to build my network and I'm like, y'all, I'm going to go through. So I started driving, I started driving, I started driving. Every hour that I get closer to Atlanta, my stomach started hurting way more and more. I'm like, damn, this <laughs> my shit really starting to bubble up. So by the time I get to Atlanta and I get to the shop, right, his game is in like two hours. I don't have time to even call like a backup barber for him or say I can't pull up. Like I got to be there. But when I get out of that car, as soon as I got there, yo, I had a straight BGs, the bubble guts. Like I was going through it. I just knew my stomach was 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 turning. But I, and, you know, the hustle of me is like, oh, I gotta perform. Like my boy gave me the alley. -oop. I told him I got him. I waited too long to cancel. Like I gotta go through it. And so I pull up, I start to cut. As soon as I start to cut, I kid you not, bro. Like I just put the line in for the fade. I start getting dizzy. Like I'm about to pass out. I'm like like losing my bill like what's going on right now so i like yo hold on bro can i use your I, let me use the bathroom in the hotel i started to act like i don't know where the bathroom is at. it's like one room so i'm like yo let me go to the bathroom are you in his you're in his hotel yeah. room you're not at a shop no we're in a hotel so like i, I pull oh. up to the hotel i'm like for now i started a haircut so i'm all the way invested now like you know i can't leave him with a, a messed up cut he about to go play the warriors in like uh like a couple of couple of like minutes here so I'm like, man, what did I just do to myself? So I go in the bathroom, bro, like stomach exploding. I'm like throwing up in the bathroom. I'm like dying. I'm absolutely dying in this in this hotel bathroom. And I thank God that he was playing Call of Duty at the time, so the TV was mad loud. Uh, but I'm in there, <laughs> y'all. I'm in there about to pass out. Like I'm, I'm, I, I damn near almost call my homeboy and tell him like he gotta come and like fix this cut for me because, you know. I, so I start, chug, I start chugging the sink water. And I'm like, I got to do something. I start chugging the sink water. I look in the mirror and I'm like, hey, bro, it's do or die right now. Like, you got to go out there and fix it. So I go out there and, and I finish the haircut. And, um, you know, it was, I felt bad because I'm such a talkative person, such good energy. I, I, I just, it was either, yo, I 
be quiet. I finish this cut, or I sit here, pass out, trying to like talk to myself. You know, what, I just had. Was to, he ever? Was anybody in the room ever like, yo? Like, nah, it was going, just bro? bro. It was it was just us. It, it was, was just, just it was just I you was, and D-Lo? Yeah, just me and D-Lo. So I had to I finished it, bro, and, and he never knew. He was like, yo, appreciate the cut. He even texted ET and was like, yo, he I appreciate the alley bar was fine, whatever. So I just felt bad because I was so quiet. I, I ain't say nothing. Not sometimes Jordan, you ever been like play sick? Like sometimes you play better. Is that uh, no, I I've i played sick. Actually, I didn't play sick. The worst time I ever had to do something like that, where he's talking about like the vision. Yeah. So yeah. We, play, we played St. John's last year in the garden. Um, and I had rolled my ankle like less than 24 hours before it was like a pretty bad sprain swelled up on me, blah blah. But I don't I don't sit out of games, like I just can't do it, especially like in the garden. Like, you serious? I'm I'm playing, I'm going out there. So they gave yeah. me a Toradol shot. Do you know what Toradol is? You ever heard of that? I've heard about it. So Toradol, like they like football players used to get shots, like if they were sore, like they would just get this shot and you get it right in your ass. So I mean, my butt cheek, sorry for more PG. So I get a shot in my butt cheek right before the game. I go out in the garden. I'm like, oh, my pain's gone. And then at tip off, I'm seeing triple. I'm like, oh my God, bro. I, I was like, coach, I'm done tonight. I'm out. I try my best, but I can't be out here seeing three rims and shit. That, that's that's hilarious though. So you you fi- you finished it though. You got it done. Got it done. He's a warrior for that. I, that was my Jordan flu game right there. That's your flu game. Um, that was my flu game. I know you're not doing as much celebrity stuff, but I have to ask, like, when you did those or when you're doing those, like, are they as talkative as, like, some of these – like, I've mostly seen the videos of you with strangers. Like, those are my favorite ones to watch. Uh, is yeah. everyone – I'm sure everyone's different, but, like, is there – yeah, what, what's the vibe when you're with someone who's obviously a little bit more established? You know, it, it just depends, you know, and what I learned from that is that, you know, your people will be your people, right? Some of, the, some of my most favorite artists and celebrities I got to run into – uh, you know, they, they say you, you sometimes you don't want to meet your favorite rapper because you, you love their music so much. You're so into this person. When you meet them, they don't really align. So I've been able to experience that. And then I've been able to experience a lot of really great guys. Like a lot of guys really impressed me with who they are. And for the most part, like anybody you see me with now that, I, that I've ever posted or been around have been really solid. I'm a person that makes sure that I, if I associate with anybody, they got to be aligned with things that I believe in. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, it, it, it might've been my favorite person that I was running into and they just not going to be your people at the end of the day. Like your people would be your people based on what they believe in and what they stand on. And as bad as you want your favorite rapper or favorite basketball player to rock with you, like God to get your people in and, and, and that'll be it. So, uh, see, you know, you see good and bad, but it just depends on the person, you know? I hear you. Vic, I, I got to ask. What's uh what's Vic Blend's rates right now and where did they start at? Oh man, they started free. Um right now free? I was they started free. I used to when I first started cut, I didn't want to charge no money because I'm like, man, I gotta make sure that if I charge somebody, they for sure gonna get their money's worth. Like yeah. I can't I, I can't charge somebody and not feel comfortable with like them giving me their money and them not getting like they value for it. So for the first like three, four months, I was cutting for free, just wanted to get practice and say like when it's time for me to charge five, 10 bucks, I know I can at least compete with the barbershop down the road. Right. So I took like the first four months just to like, you know, learn the ropes before I started getting five bucks a cut. And, uh, you know, from that, I've gotten up to some pretty expensive, you know, rates, but more than anything now is, is priceless. You know, it's either yeah. free or it doesn't exist. I, I yeah. don't really, 
cut for my income anymore. Yeah. Uh, thank God. So that's not like something I pursue. Um, money doesn't move me anymore. I can't just let anybody buy my time. And I think that's something that a lot of people uh, kind of get confused about when they see my videos. And, and I get it. You know, you see me giving free cuts and doing my thing. That's my brand. But, um, you know, I'm focused on impact. I'm focused on building my business. And um, I can't just let anybody buy my time. And there's no offense right. to anybody that wants to cut for me. I would cut the world if I could, because I think everybody deserves an experience like that. But my time is so important on this earth. And my energy is so important that if I let anybody just book me for a cut at this point, my mind wouldn't be able to like work in the way that it should. Right. I would just have to deal with the hours in a day that I would spend cutting so-and-so that just came from the club telling me about how much money he threw last night or something. Like I just don't want to align with those things and just letting anybody book me would, would put me in a lot of those positions to have a lot of those conversations. So um, I'd rather just spend my time focused on strangers, focus on content, focus on, you know, the impact things that I got. Um, and, and then, you know, when I cut, that's the only thing I could do is work on a fade. I can't make no calls. I can't do things to elevate my business or, you know, you know, fulfill my purpose more. Like I'm just stuck there fading and that's not going to get it done for me. You know, I got to be out there doing more things. One thing I, I've meant to ask, I don't know if I've heard anyone else ask you this. We always are talking about your haircuts and all like those. What, what about your tattoos? You got a ton of tattoos. Where's yeah. Where do those come from? Is there one that stands out to you? Or are those all meaningful to you? What's, what's yeah. sort of your tats? A lot of meaningful. Um, there are like a couple that don't really mean much to me. But for the most part, I get a lot of things that, that I have sentimental value to. I'm a really big fan of art, big fan of like, you know, signs and things that, that, that mean something. But for the most part, anything on me that I have, is, is, is it means something to me. Uh, some of the most important ones, you know, it's like the world I have on my neck that says create yours under it. That was really important because being stuck in my garage, that necessarily, that, that essentially was my world. It, it was what I had around me. It wasn't the most, it wasn't, you know, the best position, but I had created my world based on the things I was into, things I was listening to, the people I was talking to. That becomes your world. And you might not have all the opportunity around you. And that's what I tell a lot of guys in the prison, but your world is what you consume every day. And if you're just consuming bullshit, uh, sorry for my language. I know I've been dropping a couple of words, but if you're consuming right, like the wrong things, that's your world. But if you choose to make a difference, you know, what you focus on is important. So, you know, that's important to me. The one people probably ask the most questions about is the two six. They think I'm like a gang member, son. I'm not in no gangs. None of my tattoos are gang related. I, I, I don't move like that. Uh, the two six is uh, what we call favorite North Carolina. It's the two six. Uh, so the 26th infantry was uh, an infantry in the military that is there with Fort Bragg. And um, that's where they got the nickname from, but they called it Ville the two six. They hear J Cole uh, say it all the time from the two six. So that's the hometown. So that meant a lot to me. Um, my knuckles, probably my worst tattoo, but they say, thank God, you know, super important to get thanks every day. Be grateful. Um, painful, right. My favorite movie of all time. Y'all have, y'all have seen painful. Yeah, I've seen Painful. Tom has not seen. Painful. I don't think I have. Is that something I wouldn't have seen? I don't watch that many things. You gotta watch it. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic movie. It's a, it's, a, it's an OG movie. You gotta check it out t- tonight, Tom, if you can, bro. You gotta check out Painful. But that movie is important because it's a movie that we grew up watching, and uh, you know, really tells you a lot about life. Um, each character plays a different role, and it's all essentially each character is a, is a different type of person, and it shows you kind of what to look out for as as you're coming up and you're hustling, trying to make things happen. Um, they sold dope. They was moving, they was moving drugs, but that's not what I do. I don't, I don't get inspired by that, but I get inspired by the way that 
they navigated relationships, they navigated the business, they took care of their people. Like we learned a lot from things like that. So my favorite movie is one of the most impactful movies out there for the culture. So that's why I chose to get it. But I mean, I got so many tasks, bro, but essentially <laughs> they all mean something for sure. Yeah. Jordan, how many times? Oh yeah. I got a half sleeve on my left. Got a, one on my thigh. I still got to work. I got to get the full sleeve on the left. I got a lot of work to do, but first I got to get enough uh, capital built up to, cause then, then things ain't, ain't cheap. That's not the problem. Not. If, if tattoos were free, I promise I would have no, you wouldn't be able to see nothing. So uh, we're, we'll get there. Uh, but Vic, before, before we let you go, I really want to ask what's uh what's next for you? Like, what is the next, I don't know, one year, five years look like for you? What do you, what are your goals? Like how intentional are you about your goals? Like, do you have them written down or is it something that you really focus on or did you just kind of let this happen? Yeah. I'm extremely intentional with everything that I do. Everything needs intent. Um, I don't think you, yeah, I think if you're really trying to like get directly to your dreams, you got to be intentional with, with your actions every day. So as far as what the next five years, and I say this in, in, in every interview, I have no idea as far as exactly where I'm going to be at. I know the things I'm going to accomplish in my life. I know what I want to become, but as far as the time frame, you know, I can't, I can't put a time on, on, on what God's timing is. Right. Yeah. He going to give me everything that I need and everything I deserve within his own time frame. Things have been happening quick for me, but I'm not going to assume that everything's about to come quick after that. You know, right. he wants me to continue to do what I'm supposed to be doing, continue to impact people and to follow his words. So, you know, who knows, bro, you know, life changes quick. Yeah. I meet so many people nowadays and run into so many different opportunities. You know, tomorrow I could meet somebody that got me living in Europe for the next six months. You know, I, who knows? You know, I just wake up every day with, you know, the right heart. I wake up the right mindset and I'm ready to receive whatever it is that God got for me. Uh, and I think that's the best way to look at things. Sometimes if we try to put too much on a, on a, on a time schedule or we try to say like, yo, this is the exact time we're going to get this in a week and that in a week, you know, like, who, you know, who's to say that's going to happen, right? Life happens, tragedy happens. You got to just take it day by day and appreciate yeah. what you have in front of you. Of course, I'm a planned person. Like, you know, I, I got goals every day. I got a team. We're always talking. We're always knocking things out. But at the end of the day, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And uh, I hope to become in the next couple of years, like I said, the voice for this generation. Uh, I hope just to give kids something positive to look at and be able to show them, you know, a way that you can make, make a dream a reality. Uh, that's just my overall goal. I want to be the new voice for the generation. And so I work for that every day. You know, that that's just the overall thing. I want to be an inspiration. I got I got two really quick questions. One one more fun and then one kind of more serious. I, I know that you you cut a ton of people and it's not like your main focus anymore, but like is there one person where if you got that call or that text or that DM where you'd be like, Oh my god, this person wants me to give them a cut? Like, is there anyone who would be like you'd be starstruck by? Or yeah, someone there's a lot of I me, mean, yeah, for sure. Um it's like, yeah, I mean, shit, for sure. I mean, like, two people really on my mind, uh, two favorite influences, of course, J. Cole, you know, shout out, shout out, Cole. Uh, we tapped in a little bit ago, showing love. Um, haven't cut him yet. You know, I don't really want to even cut him. I just really more so want to have a relationship and, and be able to see how we could change things together. Um, and then J.D. Kiss. J.D. Kiss is my favorite rapper of all time. So I would love to get a uh, kiss a cut for sure. So them two right there, if I can knock them two out, I feel, I feel pretty good about, you know, my, my career so far. I feel like those are both very obtainable. That'd be awesome. Um, and then my last question, and, and you, know, you can take it however you want. I, I got asked this question the other day. It made me think a lot. Like, you've done a, a ton, and you came from, you 
everything you've accomplished. Would you say you're like your happiest right now? Like, are you happy right now? Bro, beyond happy. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Like I, I wake up every day, just so grateful. And then, be honest with you, you know, working in like, again, like prison reform and seeing the guys that don't even have freedom. It's so hard for me not to be happy. Like, how could I sit here and be not happy just for having an opportunity every day? Like some people don't even have that. Some people don't even have another shot at life. And I go in there, I see them dudes happy and they appreciate everything they got. And so when I come home, I'm looking at the shit around me. I'm like, yo, I cannot believe that I'm sitting here complaining about, you know, a couple cents on the gas price or I'm mad that something sold out that I wanted. Like that, those to me, like it, it really humbles me and it keeps me grateful. Um, and, and I always reflect on my journey. I already beat the odds, bro. Everything to me is just icing on the cake at this point. Now I over exceeded anything I could have accomplished in my hometown. Uh, so, you know, anything is just an extra blessing to me right now. And, and I got to be grateful, but I got to be happy. You know, that's, and I choose that, you know, I choose that every day. You know, I wouldn't want to choose any other emotion. I love it. I love it. I think that's a great place to wrap up. There you got it. Perspective is important. Vic just talked about it. Uh, if you're listening right now and finishing up, going into your week, going into whatever you got going on, find a way to impact somebody else and gain perspective and be intentional about those goals and stay consistent. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, peace and love. And we'll see you later. Good love. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Vic. You're the man. I like what. Appreciate it. Hey, bro. Um, honestly, down like I'm, I don't say this to everybody, I swear to God, but you're one of the most genuine people I've ever met and talked to. Uh, I met everything that we talked about in this interview. We went so many different ways that I didn't even have kind of jotted down just because of who you are. I would really, really like to down the road, get you back on. Hopefully when we're in a permanent position, sit down face to face and really create some more stuff uh, because I just like your mindset and how you go about shit, bro. You're, you're awesome. Bro. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah. This was love. Y'all, y'all, I mean, this is the first time we really got to chop it up, but it was, you know, it's genuine, bro. I appreciate it. We got to do like a, a follow-up, a year follow-up, you know, yes. I always leave that question. I don't know where I'm going to be at a year, but let's do a yeah. follow-up a year later when y'all got, you know, when we got the overtime studio and, yeah, I got the, we yeah. got the host. We sat down in person, like let's do something dope, man. Do a follow up, see what we all what we all doing. I'm in, yeah. I'm in the rear right. I'm in the rear right now. This is like a studio where we can hang out. There's actually they're actually building a barber shop right next door to me here. Uh -oh. like, there's there's Atlanta. speaker stuff. It's all in Atlanta. It's insane. So we got yeah, the H two. Is that gonna be the H two for overtime? Um, it's like one like our main headquarters in New York, but it's equal. I mean, it's bigger. Like our office is bigger here. It's because it's overtime by itself. Like who is anybody own overtime? Is it under like House of Highlights? Is it is it its own thing? Yeah. We're we're our own thing. We have like investors and everything, but we're, we're our own property. And what's your role, Tom? So I I've been with the company since day one. So there's like five of us that started about six years five years ago, and uh, I'm our head of social. So I started like the Instagram account, TikTok, like all those social channels, and grow those as big as possible. Damn, that's fine. I mean, she the hell of a job. I got a massive platform. Appreciate mm -hmm. that. And, uh, Jordan, what do you do? I, I don't even think I asked you. Yeah, so I, I play at uh, I play at UNLV right now. Um, I'm point guard here. I played three years at West Virginia. Uh, transferred out of there after that, and then um, so this is my first year. We we just started our season. We play in Michigan. Play Michigan on Friday. So I kind of do a little bit of everything right now, bro. I just throw irons in the fire um, and uh, and try to just connect with people like you because. There's only like 1% of like-minded people, right? I mean, everybody else is just going to do what everybody else does. So, I mean, 
I, I hoop, and that's always the main goal. But like, I try to grow as much. Hey as yo, I can. hey Joey, what's good? Joey <laughs> Baker, my boy. <laughs> what up? That's my dog right there. No, we just chopped it up. Joe? We just chopped it up on the podcast, bro. Y'all actually look like brothers. Y'all look like real life brothers. Y'all look like twins, damn near for real. <laughs> y'all look twins, man. But yo, he was he was talking highly of you. I was like, oh, Joey, that's my that's my boy for real. So you know, I just getting a rundown and shit, but. Just call and tap in. We had to, we had to love over here. I love it. I love it. That's a that's a good little combination for a podcast. Yeah, we just knocked one out. It's gonna be fire. It should be up. I don't know when they gonna upload, but yeah, we just knocked out some fire shit. We gotta get you on there. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. All right, bro. So I'm gonna hit you up. All right, brother. I'll see you later. Right, that's fine. Joey. All but right, not what you doing is important. And I talked to Joey about the same thing. Like, Again, I heard that I had that quote I put the other day. You know, don't let what you're good at define who you are. Who are you if you can't do what you're good at? Like, bro, I was sitting there during quarantine, like, man, who is Victor Fontaine if I can never cut hair again? Right. So, like, who is Jordan if you can never hoop again? Who is Joey Baker if you can never hoop again? Like, what else do you have to offer? Like, I can't, you know, and people know us for these good things. They know you for being a hooper. They know me for being a barber. But, let, you know, God forbid something happened. I couldn't do that again. Was that the only thing I had here to like create change or the only thing I had left to like offer the world? So that's why it's, it's important that you showing this, bro. Like you're creating a brand, you're doing a podcast, you're like you're you're showing so much more than just being a hooper, and that gives you a lot of longevity. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think it's so it's parallel, right? There's so many hoopers and there's so many barbers. Like, what what are, what are you gonna do that's different? I think that's a pretty simple thing when people are like, I want to make change and, and have an impact here, like I want to be remembered for something. Well, it's like, what are you doing? Like, what what are you doing other than what makes you different? Like, that's why, like, talking, you, you talking about the main focus being giving, the like, like, giving back. Like, that's what I think our generation has completely gone away from. It's like, fuck that. Like, what can I get? Like, I want the money. I want everything. I'm not cutting percentage. It, but there's so much more. And if, if, like, I do a camp here in Vegas with, like, 12 kids a week, I'm not getting rich off that shit. It's like $20 an hour. But like that, when I leave there, I feel 10 times better than when I do anything else that that's for like me and my stuff and try, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just different. Bro, I I, I don't make a dollar off my my prison program. I get zero, zero dollars. That's the most, I'm most proudful of of that though. Being able to start to like, those things are important. Like, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Like, I used to pray one day to like, to, to, to have a platform. I used to, like I said, I used to, think that like though when I get to the millions that's it like I pray for that yo and I thought that like once I get that you know everything will change and you know that's why I said earlier like I realized that it starts with what I have now but now that I got it like I said you know God give me this opportunity I'm gonna use it for the right reasons bro like I, I hate you know and that's why I like you know the music I like that's why I like the people I like now like I hate that you know some kids or, or some other people that have you know, impact. They have millions of people that follow them, and they choose to talk about drugs. They choose to talk about sliding on the ops, like things like that. And you know, it's one thing to tell your story, but again, like if, if you got an opportunity to to inspire somebody and they look up to you, man, put them on the right path. Like it's so important. That's what Cole does so well. Like as a, as an artist, I mean, that's just crazy that you two happen to be from the same area, but it's you get yeah. to choose what you focus on, right? Yeah, I think I think that hometown. Even Joey, you know, Joey, my boy Dennis, uh, Dennis Smith yeah. Junior. Cole, yep. me, like now we got Moray, like that. I think coming from a hometown and having like a small, small town mentality, like having an underdog mentality to you, like, but it really make you want to go to the highest level possible. 
you know, because shit, like I said, I already beat the odds, bro. Like, that shit's so hard to make it out of that city. So, yeah. to, to have this opportunity, bro, like, that just keeps me so grateful and, and knowing that anything's possible now. No, that's dope.